Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Hey, smack em a gob. I'm Freddy the Frog from the New Zoo Review. And with me is... Oh, yeah, whatever the fuck that means. Wadzilla, baby, what's up? Yeah, I'm going old school there. See, I was going to... I threw that out thinking, yeah, this is before Ian's time. Let me fuck him up. <laughs> now, Ian, when I, when I was a little child, there was a show There was a show called The New Zoo Review, right? Yeah. Now, now the new you gotta look this shit up. The new zoo, uh, zoo review was a big was a guy in a frog suit. He was Freddy the Frog. There was another one in an owl suit. I forgot he was called, and another one in a big hippopotamus that was supposed to be the the hot girl in the show. That's what I grew up on. That. Uh, see, I had great space coaster. Yeah, see there, you know, I'm telling you, bro. I, hey, man, look, I don't say this to insult you. I say this to insult a generation. <laughs> the Gaties sucked. After 84, what you guys love is garbage, in my opinion. Yes, but sir. you all keep loving it. It's okay. But you cannot deny the 70s owned the Gaties badly. Badly. Thank you. Alrighty. Uh, Alright, okay, so I'm getting a little bitter in my old age, whatever. <laughs> That's alright, Grandpa, I got something to cheer your ass up. Alright, cheer up, cheer me up. Oh my god, did I just watch, I think, the comedy of the fucking year. And I didn't even see it on uh, Blabbermouth yet. It, this, this shit was on, like, regular Yahoo News. <laughs> there is footage of two dudes from uh, Crazy Town beating the shit out of each other. And it... <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second. Is that old footage or is that band still around? No, even they're playing the only place they can play, Myrtle Beach. I, I guess a bunch of drunk, messed out bikers, uh, right. <laughs> you know, still want to hear Butterfly. But um, apparently this fight was like... it. I was trying to read it real quick, I mean, because this just came out. But I think that uh, the lead singer, Shif- Shifty Shellshock. <laughs> Shif- Shifty Shellshock, that's his name? I can't even say it without laughing. No, no, I'm so, sorry, dude. Let me stop you right there. Uh, <laughs> this this has to be the most crappiest band to ever exist. And I only know him from one, one song. But that one song says it all, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I like about this, but now I kind of <laughs> like the name Shifty Shakedown. <laughs> Shifty Shell Shock. Oh no, I'm sorry, Shifty Shell Shock. That's not bad. That's not bad. Shifty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So um, now Shifty has. <laughs> has had well-documented substance abuse problems. He was on, like, one of those, uh, you know, celebrity rehabs and shit and all that stuff. Yeah, but but what do you expect from a guy called Shifty? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he ain't going to be on the level with you. (laughs) He's Shifty. 
<laughs> so, so anyway, uh, apparently he was having a real bad show. Uh, <laughs> uh, like forgetting the lyrics and stuff like that, and sing the wrong songs. There's footage of him like you know knocking over the PA equipment and shit. You know, they're obviously playing a bar. Uh, it isn't even a club. This is a bar. And um, then afterwards, and it, it must have been a real exciting show because they're fighting after the show and it's in broad daylight. So you can tell, it, no matter if it's Ozfest or what, these guys open every show. They never have oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Shifty is beating the shit out of another dude in the band. I don't know the other guy's name. It must not be as catchy. But he is just, he's beating him to a bloody pulp. And like, where's my fucking money? Where's my fucking money? I need my money. And then the other dude, and, and they're all dressed like it's still the 90s, you know, like they got the chain wallet and the yeah. shorts, you know, not quite shorts, not quite pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looks like the shit was in the dryer too long. <laughs> so, so uh, Shifty is bloody in the fuck out of the other guy, just knocking him in the face, man, beat the shit out of him. And the other guy, it's, it's so funny because you can tell these guys are street, they're hood, you know, if you remember, they're all covered in tattoos and shit. Yeah. He's yelling. He's yelling at Shifty. He goes, "Little fucking nigger," and he's saying it like that. You're a like fucking what? nigger. He goes, "You're a fucking <laughs> nigger, man." The, oh my god! And it's it, full it, blown. Yeah, yeah it's, it's full it's blown black. No, but I think they okay. all think they are. But it's full oh, blown. I with, see, I see. But it's full blown with the full er, not an a, and he's like, "Look, homie, I ain't got your fucking money." fucking nigger i'll kill you and your kids nigger and he i mean he's saying it just like this and i'm like what the fuck and there's a roadie sitting there just doing nothing just watching it trying not to laugh and then the guy after he get, after shifty gets done beating him down he's like i don't want to hit you i love you man I love you, but I want my money. He's like, I'll kill your fucking kids, nigger. I'll stab your babies, homie. <laughs> I mean, he sounds, I'm, 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 I'm doing his voice. That's what he sounds. That's how tough the other guy sounds. <laughs> I need like, to see this. And then Shifty's like, no, man, come on. I love you. I don't want to. I've been boxing my whole life. I don't want to kill you. <laughs> what, what, what? The video ends with them like making up to each other? Oh, well, you think it's going to end then. And you think shit, you know, you think if you just give Shifty his money, he's going to be all right. <laughs> you know? But, so but, then, but the thing is, the thing is, you're dealing with Shifty. <laughs> but here's the other thing. The, the other dude in the George whose, like, whole head is covered in blood, then he throws a total cheap shot at old Shifty. <laughs> and then it, and then it's on again. <laughs> oh man, how long is this video, dude? It's like fucking, uh, like a minute thirty, but it it feels like an epic. You know, they they cram a lot of niggers uh, <laughs> and homies and bloody faces and I love yous into a minute thirty. It's oh my, it's God. hilarious. You've got to see this before it gets taken down. 
All right, I'll go check it out. I oh, definitely God. want to see the security. That's uh, that's uh, like the most publicity. Now they're gonna get like maybe two more people going to the show. <laughs> Hoping that Shifty beats somebody else up. Oh, and let me tell you God. something. Shifty beating the dude's ass. You know, uh, uh, for for money, drugs a motherfucker, man. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 another funny thing: these guys, you know, I mean, I know Shifty's in his fifties. Hey, that rhymes. Uh, you know, and if the other guys are original, I'm sure they are too. But yeah, just if you see how they're dressed and everything, and oh my god, it's just it's hilarious. You know, you know, be, it, it, you know what would be the greatest thing ever if we get an interview with Shifty. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the greatest interview ever. <laughs> I want to see an M- MMA match. <laughs> Crazy Town versus Incubus. <laughs> yeah. To uh, the death. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, Shifty, you're, you're, you're in uh, this, this band, Crazy Town, right? Yeah, I've heard your band. I can tell you're a Hagar fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, Shifty been boxing his whole life, man. Don't be fronting. Yeah, you don't fuck with Shifty. Because he's shifty. <laughs> Shell shock. Shell shock. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine if he actually legally changed that name? The, the people at that office, shifty shell shock. What the fuck? Yeah, that's my name. <laughs> Don't wear it out. I've been boxing my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. I, I can't add any more to the Shifty story. I just got to tell everybody, go check it out. Uh, just look up, you know, Crazy Town Fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you know, it's everywhere now. I may even make a video about it for my YouTube page. Oh, I think it's their, it's their greatest hit. Yeah, I, I already picture it now. I'm going to put footage of that and then footage of two cats fighting <laughs> on my YouTube page. And it's dedicated to Shifty. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. All right. Next story. Uh, uh, George Lynch is having second thoughts again about uh, performing under the Lynch mob name. But what else is he going to do at this point? You know? And, you know, and, and if you really think about it, Lynch mob is not a big name. You know, yeah. George, George Lynch would sell more tickets going down the road as... George Lynch instead of Lynch Mob, and it would get more people to go. I'm telling you, I would. I'd rather see George Lynch than Lynch Mob. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the little shekels you will get, you might as well, you know, stay with Lynch Mob. But just change it to George Lynch. I mean, why does he have to be a band? He's the only guy, right? Through all these incarnations. Uh, yeah. Yeah, call it George Lynch. You've got a huge name. And you know, maybe some people out there, oh, Lynch Mob, I don't know who that is, but he goes, George Lynch. Oh, yeah, wasn't he in Dokken? You know, because Dokken yeah. was platinum selling bands. <clears throat> and Lynch Mob wasn't. Did Lynch Mob even, even go gold? I, I think Wicked Sensation might have went gold, the first one. Well, it didn't but, leave an impact, let me tell you. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Just go out under George Lynch. Yeah, that's the that's and it's. I think it's more marketable. Yeah, that other that horrible name he was using for a while. What was it like? 
George Lynch's Freedom Fighters or whatever. Jesus. <laughs> Steroids think, is a motherfucker. I think he ought to change his name to Shifty, Shifty Lynch. <laughs> yeah, Shifty Lynch. <laughs> Shifty Mouse. Awesome. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. I mean... I don't think it. I don't think he does anything other than you know he does all these different projects for Frontier Records. But touring wise, I think the only time you see him anymore is when he's out with Doc and you know opening up, and then doing the same three songs encore every night. But uh, yeah, yeah, he had a story up a couple, another story up a couple days ago. You know, somebody hitting him up asking you know about Doc and getting back together, and he's like, nah. And apparently, uh, Mick Brown won't talk to any of them anymore but basically just won't answer the phone and he says that's the one that hurts the most because he's been playing he was playing with Mick before he even knew Jeff or Don um, but he says he says Mick just sold all of his drums and doesn't answer the phone for anybody and he says he kind of gets it he says that uh, not only health problems but there's some mental issues that uh, Mick's going through and I, I guess that's kind of that's kind of got to be hard, you know, like to know you can't do your job anymore. You know, we we all know, you know, drumming's the hardest out of all of those once you start getting up there in years. And that's got to be weird to see, you know, these guys, even though they're playing minimal gigs compared to what they used to, they're all still out there performing. And then knowing you can't physically go out there and do that, that's kind of got to got to suck, you know? Yeah. That's fine why he packed it in because he can't do it no more mentally. Yeah, mentally and and physically. But I mean, if you look at people going out like, you know, Joey Kramer, uh, Bill Ward, uh, I mean, let's go, you know, uh, the the person that probably everybody's talking about at Iron Maiden. You you know what I mean? It's just, especially with metal, that's some hard-hitting shit. I mean, Charlie Watts played up to the end. And Charlie Watts was a damn good drummer, and I'm not trying to take away from what he did, but it's it's a different, uh, it's no less, you know, technique, but it's a different style, you know, it's a different kind of hitting. You'd see Buddy Rich and those people like that playing that kind of shit, you know, at an advanced age, but, you know, you don't see somebody playing Rain and Blood in their 70s, you know. Right. So... So, yeah, that sucks, you know. He says, you know, and I thought that was, you know, the most, you know, heartbreaking part about the story. He's like, I just missed the friend. He's like, I played with this guy way before. But he says he has no ill will. He says he understands and he just hopes he's happy. So, but yeah, no docking. No docking other than just going there and seeing uh, Shifty Lynch opening up. (laughs) Yeah. Docking in the scabs. (laughs) (laughs) Don is like, God, what? No. He needs to make a living. People will pay to see it. I don't know if I would, to tell you the truth. I don't think I would um, go see Dokken if it comes. I, the last time I saw Dokken was like like 12 years ago, and his voice was shot back then. And I know at that time he was fighting cancer, so it's kind right. of understandable. But now it's kind of like, yeah, you just can't sing no more. You go up there and you just talk your way through songs. It's It's amazing. You know, I, I haven't looked into it, but I got to listen to that Japanese reunion. They released an album, right? The live. Yeah, yeah. 
I gotta listen to that. Don, you know, must be mumbling through the whole thing, you know? I can't remember. I remember I wasn't that impressed with it, what yes. I heard of it. I got it, and I don't even think I listened to the whole thing, and I love Dokken, but uh, I think I made it through a few songs, and I was like, man, this ain't I I'll go listen to Beast from the East, you know? Yeah, we're living, but, we're living in an age, dude, that, I mean, especially for me, that legacy right. acts are just like, man, going to see a legacy act now is sad. When you yeah. saw them, you know, in the heyday. You know, I yep. saw all those bands in the early 80s, and and to see what there are now, it's 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 not it's like going to see a different band. Well, basically, most of them are different bands. Most of them, you know, don't have the original members. But right. you know, singer can't hit the notes. I mean, it's a lot of these legacy acts that I can't think of offhand. Oh yeah, like Kiss. There you go. <laughs> Motley Crue. Motley yeah. Crue. There's another one. I mean, a, a bunch of these bands that were awesome when I saw them back then. They were fucking, Molly Crew was amazing. So it was a kiss, you know? But man, right. and then seeing that and then going, you know, what I saw, you know, Shout of the Devil, and then seeing that Farewell Tour, it's like two different bands. And that was all tapes, for all I know, you yeah. know? Exactly. They were good, man. Let me tell you, Molly Crew sounded good when they were young. They had no tapes and it sounded awesome. Uh, Theater of Pain and... Shout at the Devil were the two best times I saw Motley Crue. And there were no tapes involved in either of them, you know? No no fucking techno drum solo, which started with Girls, 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 you know? Oh, really? I mean, yeah, Theater of Pain was all drums, no samples. And same thing with the Shout at the Devil one. Pure, pure Tommy Lee, you know? So after that, it was like never the same. I never saw Motley Crue. Motley Crue never blew my mind. After the Theater of Pain tour. You know, some right. good shows, but I, they never really blew my mind. Like those first two. Were we talking about that stupid band? No, we weren't, right? <laughs> no. But, uh, all right, well, next story. Uh, looks like, once again, somebody else has bought the rights to the first two Judas Priest albums. Uh, man, Judas Priest just can't lay their hands on them. I wonder if they just don't want them anymore. Uh, but the rights to Rock and Rolla and Sad Wings of Destiny were acquired by Reach Music Publishing. So, yeah, Reach, anybody... Reach Music Publishing is probably like a billion dollar corporation yeah. that they bought it for a price that's way out of Judas Priest's reach. Yeah. I think that's why they haven't got that re those recordings because they're going for way too much money. And now this band, this fucking thing, Reach. I, I don't even know what that is, Reach, but it sounds like it's rich. Reach, yeah. Rich. So it's going to pay, he's probably going to pay, a, ah, throw a billion at him. You know, give us the, all the rights to that, you know? Yeah, but we'll but take another, another thing that might be a smart move on Priest's part is, you know, is it worth even going after those? Because are those, in the grand scheme of things, are those going to sell? You know? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's some priest, you know, considered priest classics on, of course, on Sad Wings of Destiny. But they were never big sellers. Yeah, you know? but, but, and, Ian, but Ian, don't you think that a, a company called Reach 
would not wouldn't buy those rights if they didn't see the numbers it has been selling since 74. You know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, it has been selling. So I don't think a big corporation would buy the rights to something if they don't have any proof that it's been selling well. And I think that's why they bought it. You know, they figure, oh, we can even make more money off the shit than these, you know, Bobo little companies. That's what I think. That's well, what I hope. <clears throat> well, as I'm reading this, uh, it says they've acquired both the masters and publishing rights for both of the albums from Gull Entertainment, who is, we all know that they've been on Gull Records forever. And Gull has done so many of those, uh, you know, combinations like Hero Hero and stuff, releasing stuff from the, those first two. But apparently, uh, Reach will be in a working partnership with Judas Priest on these albums and are planning a variety of projects to be announced later this year, including a special release for the 50th anniversary of Rock and Rollo. So... Huh. Well, you know, at least they'll finally have some input and maybe they'll get some, uh, you know, uh, money out of this. Yeah, and, 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 it, and when there is the 50th anniversary of Rock and Roller, when that does happen, that's when Judas Priest should announce the official 50th anniversary tour. Huh. And also look at this. I, I probably should have read the whole article. I guess this same company uh, in 2021 uh, acquired 50% copyright interest as well as world administration rights to the Glenn Tipton song catalog. So well, what's that? Sold... What is that, 30 cents a month? Well, no. What I, what I, I think what, what that's saying... Uh, is all the songs that Glenn co-wrote? He sold fifty percent oh, of his oh, oh, his publishing Glenn. to this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought you meant the Glenn solo albums. Yeah. Yeah. No, that ain't gonna pay jack shit. No, because they're saying you know included in that is iconic tracks like Breaking the Law, Living After Midnight. You got another thing coming. So this this band already has a history of getting Glenn's money, but you know right. Glenn's getting paid from it too. So. Yeah, you know, and you see all these artists nowadays selling their catalogs because you know, fuck, that's the only way they're going to get money. Yeah. Well, next story: David Coverdale says White Snake has never used backing tracks during live shows, but yeah, shows. They have, yeah, but they have definitely used uh, backup vocalists, and in fact, uh, at the beginning of his farewell tour they got another keyboard player who was sharing vocal duties. But, I mean, they were upfront and honest about it. They were saying, yeah, this guy's going to be doing a bulk of the, you know, back at beefing up the songs because uh, Coverdale can't do it. But Hey, hey, let uh, me tell you, man, as long as they're on stage singing, I'm all for that. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy. I mean, look like we found out, you know, years later, look how many people were playing you know, keyboards backstage during the 80s and 90s we didn't know about and singing backup vocals. What was it? Was it Robert Mason who was doing shit for Ozzy and shit? And, you know, Kiss yeah. had a keyboard player backstage and shit. You know? So... Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. You know, you know, another rumor? Uh, Ram It Down tour. Dave Holland was on a really high uh, platform thing. And they said the yep. actual drummer was inside that thing under him. No shit. I've never heard that. 
Yeah, that's a rumor that I did hear, you know. He had this big platform, and inside the platform was the actual drummer. That's what I well, heard. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me because, you know, there's no live drums on Ram It Down. Yeah. You know, that's all computer shit. So, and, and then he was gone right after that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It wouldn't that's surprise I, me. Even though I there's saw, so much. Go ahead. I, I saw that tour, too. I didn't notice. <clears throat> but yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, hey, it was the 80s. And I love Jack Daniels, so come on. I'm not going to remember if that was Dave Holland actually playing the drums that night. And headbanging a lot, you know? You headbang a lot during it. You're not focusing too much on the drummer. It was the Gaties. You probably had a dick in your mouth throughout the whole show. Yeah, the Gaties. 88. <laughs> hey, hey, love zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, ram it down. Ra ram it down right there. The Gaties. That's Judas Priest embracing the Gaties. Ram it down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, look. Goddamn correct. Uh, well, next story. Alice Cooper has uh, Tim Lee titled the new studio his next studio album, Road. And most most of the songs are going to be about life on the road. Uh, all right. Yeah, all and, right. And it's with his, his current band, I believe, on all songs. Um, produced by Bob Ezrin. And... Uh, you know, it's a new Alice. You, you hope for the best, you know. Hopefully we'll get one or two that are decent, but, man, it's been a while since he's put out, like, a strong, full album. So. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but did, did Bob Ezrin have anything to do with the last one, Detroit Stories? Yeah, yeah. All right, I think, so, I think so there you go. That's that's right there proof, man. To me, the last great Alice album was Dirty Diamonds before right. Bob Ezrin came back. Dump yeah. Bob Ezrin, man. Get the guy that did Dirty Diamonds. You know, yeah, to produce uh, the next album. I love the sound of Dirty Diamonds and Eyes of Alice Cooper. Um, but since those two, you know, I thought he, like he built up like a good foundation again. He just went back to sounding like 70s Alice Cooper, in my opinion. But then he got Bob back for Welcome to My Nightmare. And Bob's been there ever since. And, yeah, and everything you know. after that, I haven't been a fan of. I hated that. What is it, personality, Christ, whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah, that, that's... I, I hated that. I hated... Detroit Stories was kind of like, all right, it's gar garage rocky. I don't dislike it as much, but I'm still not a fan of it, you know? But, right. yeah, whatever, man. Get rid of Bob Ezrin. I'm, and now you say Bob Ezrin's going to have something to do with this album. It's yep. like, dude, I don't have high hopes for this shit again, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, Bob's one of those. He's got a history with Alice. He's got a name that draws a little bit of attention, at least to people our age, you know? But, you know, I knew he didn't have anything else to offer when I heard that last James album he did was terrible. Oh, no, no, no. You know what I got to tell you, man? The last few Deep Purple albums he's done are awesome. Oh, oh, that's right. He did that, that the one with uh, that Vincent Price song. I really yeah, liked. he did that. He did the one after Whoosh. That's those are some awesome albums. Yeah. Oh, got some Deep Purple news coming up soon. Uh, yeah. But next, now uh, Lars is backpedaling a little bit. 
Uh, he previously said he hopes Metallica can do like another 10 years. Now he's saying 20 years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'd say 10 more years. Uh, yeah, and really, right. unless they get a drummer, because, you know, I, I'm not a Lars basher and I like his drumming, but listening to him play, you can tell he's got his own style and everything, but his manner of playing, he's kind of, he's hitting it now. He's doing it fine now, but you can see he's struggling to get there, you know, yeah. and I don't think, I don't think 10 more years he's going to, he's not going to get there. He's, he's going to struggle and not get there, so... Metallica, well, I think, is going to end when 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 fucking Lars can't play no more, and they're just they can retire right now. They're 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 so fucking rich, but yeah. you know, but I'm saying um, they're going to end when Lars can't do it no more because the other three can do it forever. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, there's that video up not too long ago of uh, Hetfield struggling, like having yeah, a real heart. Yeah, yeah like you're right. Read yeah. It. And and then. You know, it's it's so hard for me to process sometimes, you know, like I'm, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 49, you know, Headfield, I think is 60 now. And I, cause I saw a picture of him like, God damn, he looks old now. And then, but I looked and, you know, he's in his fucking sixties. You know what I love about James Headfield is that he embraced, he, that guy is aged so gracefully because I can't think of anybody letting their goatee go white till James started doing it in bands. Like, right. you remember Scott Ian always painted his, like Dimebag, mm -hmm. or was green one day, you know. Yeah. But when James said, fuck this, Scott Ian started doing it, and then everybody uh, is showing their grace in the metal thing, you know what I mean? And yeah. James, James is never... James, dude, I saw the picture that came in the album. He looks so withered and you know, they could put makeup on them and make them look good for the album. But no, that shit's all natural. I, I, I'm all for that, man. He's aging gracefully. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I get grayer and grayer by the day. And, you know, I don't give a fuck. I ain't dying my shit, man. I earned all those grays. And, you know, you know it gets to a point, you see a lot of these guys, it just looks ridiculous. Like, I'm glad Carmine Appas is, um, you know, finally got his shit no gray. Well, I got to tell you, I do dye my pubes because it is embarrassing. Those white hairs down there. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm manscaped that shit. <laughs> no, we fuck, fuck manscaped. We we ain't promoting those jackasses. <laughs> yeah, they they never they, come again. They, they gave us blue balls. Yeah, they must have listened to an episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it was the yeah, oh, so no. now now let's let's do fuck fuck uh, manscape. <laughs> yeah, fuck manscape. Get the kitchen seer. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Don't buy manscape. Get a fucking pair of scissors, you lazy bum. Yeah, just just be tough like shifty shell shock and tell them to fall yeah. off. Yeah, fall off here. <laughs> shifty shell shock uses nair. <laughs> yeah. Uh -oh. He wears short jorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, Desmond Child has a new autobiography coming out called Living on a Prayer and including a foreword from uh, Paul Stanley. Hmm. Oh, wow. 
I thought Paul was catching that pitching. But uh, you know, my 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 friend's mom is uh, works with Desmond Child. She makes records like Spanish records. Yeah, and Desmond Child like helps write songs and and produces it. No I thought I'd throw that out there. Isn't isn't he Cuban? I don't know. I maybe I don't know. I think he probably I is, think yeah. he is. Yeah, I don't think that's his real name. I, I think he's Latino. I do know he loves cock, and that's cool. Yes, that's yes. Right. yes. No. I'm fine no. with that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. He knows what he likes. Yeah, he's a cocksucker. <laughs> Must have been big in the 80s. Oh, that's right. He was. <laughs> the the 80s. <laughs> oh, well, Phil, uh, Death Leopard's Phil Collins says... Uh, Motley crew change worked out great, said John Five fits in. Uh, and I guess that's because the tape fits in the tape deck. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. What, what the fuck does he know? What the fuck does Phil Cullen know? You know? I, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be pissed to go see Motley Crew and find out John Five is playing live. It's like, motherfucker, join the last of them. Put that <laughs> shit on tape. Yeah. Why you gotta be different, John Five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop being, stop being the different guy. You just want to be that guy. Play yeah. more tape, bitch. He's gonna show off. Ooh, I'm playing live at a concert. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, get with, God. get with the times. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, let's see here. Oh, new Motorhead live album uh, coming out. Uh, this one was recorded at the Montreux Jazz Festival in 07 on Motorhead's Kiss of Death tour, and uh, they released a video on the YouTube on their uh, on Motorhead's YouTube channel of them covering Rosalie by Then uh, uh, Lizzie. It's pretty Bob good. Seger. Bob Seger. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know he's covering it because Then Lizzie did it. Oh, but, let me uh, let me knew Finn Lizzie. Yeah, yo, he loved Phil. Hey, no, I know, man. I'm just being funny, but okay. but but my funny did not work. That was horrible. But anyway, I gotta say, the name of that album—they're playing a jazz festival. This is a, a a fun fact. The only other metal band to play a, a jazz festival was Spinal Tap. It was the Isle of Lucy, <laughs> the Isle of Lucy show. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Um... But yeah, I watched the whole. I mean, it's like under three minutes, but it's cool. They they play Rosalie and then go into like during the solo, they just go into cowboy song. Uh, you know, just a little interlude into it. It's pretty good. I'll check it out. It's a decent set list. Yeah, and, I was uh, I, you know, I was on I was walking today uh, with my iPod Shuffle and the song "Out of the Sun" came on yeah. uh, <clears throat> from Sacrifice. What an yeah. amazing song that is. Oh, it's different. It's not like a Motorhead song, but it's, it rocks really hard. And that, dude, Phil Campbell, one of his greatest solos. Very, I mean, God damn, he's shredding on that song. Out of the Sun, what a great way to end Sacrifice. What a badass album that was. Oh, I, I love Sacrifice. And that's one, uh, you know, when I really got into Motorhead, like full blown into Motorhead was shortly after that, and that was one I went back and grabbed, and I was just like, "Holy shit, is this album good?" And there's so many people, uh, you know, I saw online, uh, 
you know, talking about people who will only listen to the classic lineup. And, you know, you're doing your, there's nothing wrong. I mean, the, the classic lineup is the classic lineup, and those albums are incredible, but they did a lot of good shit after, too. You know, I've got nothing but respect for, you know, the Mickey D and Phil Campbell lineup. They did some great shit that, you know, is just as good, you know, in my opinion. Hey, even Motorhead, to me, in my opinion, the worst album is March or Die. But it had bad religion on it. That yep. song rules. That song fucking rules. All right, one song that rules. Okay, they, Motorhead cannot possibly release something that's all duds. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's just like ACDC or the Ramones. There's going to be something on there. You know, some are better than yeah. others, but there's always going to be good. something on there. You're absolutely correct. And Motorhead always, all their albums. And man, their last few albums were really good. Very underrated. Yeah. Uh, oh, After yeah. Shock. And the last one was great. That Bad Magic. Oh, uh, yeah. Great, great, great albums, you know? And they just re released it with a uh, Bad Magic with a new mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I've heard got it. It. I, haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. I mean, I didn't think. The original sounded bad, but I'm curious to see, you know, what they felt. I believe improved upon. No, I believe it was different lyrics on this version. Oh, that's, that's what all it, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, no, no. I, it may be I, the song may be recorded differently as well, but I know the lyrics are different on this one that they added on this album. I think it's even titled different. I could be wrong. If I remember correctly, I mean, the guy who produced it, his name escapes me right now. But I think he produced like the last seven or so Motorhead, so apparently they were very happy with this guy. And I thought they they sounded good. So, but, Motorhead uh, was a, Motorhead's one of those bands that were just always like when they released something, it was always special to me. You know, yeah, it was. You know, every I mean, I know it became a little over flooded with a lot of new stuff, but I love the fact that Lemmy worked his ass off so much toward the end with all these great, amazing albums, man. They're all great. You know, We Are Motorhead's amazing. And yeah. uh, Hammered and Inferno. I mean, God damn, there was a lot of great stuff, man. I own yep. every single Motorhead studio album. I'm a proud owner of them all. God yep. bless Lemmy, Fast Daddy, and Filthy Animal Taylor. Hell yeah. All right, next story. Uh, back to David Coverdale again. He says he would love to resume the White Snake farewell tour next year, but his health's going to dictate it. If he can't do it, he's just going to pack it in. And, uh, you know, you got to respect that, you know? Yeah, you got to hand it to David. I mean, he, he totally lost his voice, but he didn't lip sync. He went out yeah. there and he struggled and he showed it was horrible, but at least he did it. And, you know, back in the day, when before people used tapes, I wouldn't be so respectful of it. But now that everybody's <laughs> using tapes, I respect David Coverdale for out there, you know, just croaking. Fuck it, you know, I can't do it, but here, I'm here, might as well give it a shot, you know? Well, back to another legacy act we were talking about earlier, Deep Purple. I guess they're already at work on their first album with new guitarist Simon McBride. And uh, man, I'm excited to hear that. Well, there, uh, there's an there's an example where I want Bob Ezrin back. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, 
I mean, he, he did a good job on those other ones, but the reason I'm mostly excited for this is all the footage I saw with this McBride kid, he was so faithful to the to the Blackmore shit. Where, you know, Steve Morris already had a name. Steve Morris is going to do Steve Morris. You know, and, you know, he did, he did a respectable job on the uh, on the Blackmore stuff, but he still put on his own little, you know, sauce, if you will. But this guy is just like, nobody knows who the fuck I am, but I'm going to show you I can play some Richie Blackmore. So I got a feeling it's going to be a lot more classic sounding Deep Purple than the... Uh, than the stuff with Steve Morris. And I, I love that stuff. But I think you could hear, you're probably going to hear much more of a retro sound with this. And I'm looking very forward to it. That'd be cool. I'm all for yeah. that. Well, ex Anthrax singer Neil Turbin, uh, would he still be open to a reunion with the band for a special concert? And uh, basically he said it's never going to happen. So why ask me? <laughs> he says, those guys wouldn't give me the money, so fuck it. I would, I would actually, even though I'm not really a fan of Fistful of Metal, I would like to see it. I'd go see it. Maybe I'd like it better live. You know, I know you well, check it out. Yeah, because that's my favorite Anthrax album. I was just listening to Panic today. God damn, what a song! I love my iPod Shuffle, dude. Motorhead, Out of the Sun, and Panic from Anthrax both came on on my walk. Hell yeah. Well, another mystery uh, or legacy band has a mystery going on. Aerosmith has a mystery countdown clock on their website that's uh, set to go off, I believe, May 1st. But I'm pretty sure it's just alluding to what we talked about in a previous episode that Joe Perry already leaked. They're going to go on another tour. But again, you know, big deal. It's going to be probably a lame set list. And no Joey Kramer. Not interested. Not interested. I would, I, would, I, I, I would definitely go see that if it was a good set list. You know, I saw Aerosmith maybe like 10 years ago. Sammy Hagar opened, by the way. Cool. And, uh, you know, the guy opens for nobody. Yeah. And, and uh, they were good, man. They even played Combination that night. Yeah, yeah they, they threw in a couple, you know, Pink and, I don't know, a couple other ones, Loving an Elevator. But they threw in, you know, the classics in there. It was, and Tyler was so amazing, man. He had voice. Motherfucker yeah. still got it, 100%, you know? Good set list. I love Joey Kramer, but I'll go see them without Joey Kramer if they give me a good kick-ass set list, you know? If, and if you, never know. Good... You, you never yeah. know. You never know, dude. Aerosmith hasn't had hits in many, many years, and I think more people are into the older stuff now than the popular stuff that I think Aerosmith might go back to a really kick-ass set list and sprinkle it with some of those poppy bullshit things they did later, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I, just, I, I mean, like I said, I've only seen them once on the Pump Tour, and, you know, they were amazing. No, that uh, was... The Pump Tour was fucking awesome. Yeah. That was an but, awesome show, man. Yeah, that was a good tour. I think at this point, you know, you're not going to see an Aerosmith song without shit like Crying or Amazing or, you know, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I don't want to hear that Armageddon bullshit, you know? And yes, they always do throw out, you know, something cool, like a combination. 
you know, but it would have to be more than one or two deep cuts to get me to go. But yeah, that's I, what I'm talking about. I'm yeah. talking about like a good seven to eight killer 70s songs. I would, you know, hope for. Yeah, you know, I'll go for that. I'll go for they, that shit. If there's like some, you know, no more, no more, some kings yeah. and queens, you, you know. Uh, oh, I'm there. I've never seen them do. No more, no more. I did see him do Kings and Queens. Though. You know, but, oh, no how, more, no more is my second favorite Aerosmith song. How about you know, throw out fucking "Don't Want to Miss a Thing" and put it home tonight. You know, but that ain't gonna happen. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, because five people want to see Home Tonight. I'm one of those five. Yeah, and twenty that's... billion want to pe- people want to see that that Armageddon song. Exactly. Well, next story. God, he looks so sad in this picture. I feel bad even making fun of him, but I will. Uh, Extremes Gary Sharon has learned to deal with online criticism. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, how could you not? How could you not, man? I, I saw these guys, and God, they were. Did you ever see Extreme? No, but I did go see David Lee Roth when Extreme opened, and I was outside. Okay, yeah, that's when I saw him when it was them and Cinderella opening up. Um, you know, goddamn, even, you know, we talked about last week uh, him playing with Joe Perry and just, God, those dance moves were so horrific. But I had to be honest, because that's what we do on this show. You know, people like fucking Eddie Trunk, like, oh, I, I just got to tell you 100% how I feel. Bullshit. We really tell you how we feel. Yeah. Because I just watched a video that uh, Dave Lee Roth put up I think it was yesterday yesterday or today um, don't know the song I believe it's a cover you know it, it sounded like Dave doing one of his old timey songs was really good musically I, I thought I'm like damn he sounds real good voice you know he wasn't like straining or anything you know how he can do that now with you know the over singing shit he just sounded really good in day voice but if you watch the video it's just him you know dancing and it is it's so creepy and so bad it's not cool dave it's like you know like you say creepy uncle dave or whatever yeah yeah and i'm I'm just like oh man if you just stop that dancing and just did some you know because it probably takes more energy for him to dance like he does now than when he did his classic shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's moving nonstop, but it looks like you're looking at soupy sales up there, you know, like, you know, it's like, come on, it's, Dave. It's, it's really, it's like, we lost Dave, man, a long time ago. And interviews yeah. as well. His interviews are fucking creepy. You know, mm-hmm. you follow, you follow, and he says all this shit. It's like, no, I don't follow. <laughs> it's just too fucking out there. I love him. I'll always love him. He's always going right. to be Diamond Dave in my heart. He's always going to be the greatest frontman I ever saw. And a lot of people love to focus on how people, uh, artists are now and not then. Oh, but yeah. look at him now. Yeah, but look at him then. That's yeah. my that's my Dave. So Dave, hey man, as cringy as it is today, he'll always be number one. Yeah. The number one frontman I ever seen in my life is that creepy old guy now, but he's yeah. always going to be the greatest. Him and Edward, man. What yeah. What are the odds? The greatest frontman ever 
makes a band with the greatest guitarist ever. Isn't that crazy? It's funny how shit works out. And they hate each other. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what made it work. Yep. You know, they, uh, Eddie, Eddie and Sammy loved each other and listened to that music. Yeah, that shit was terrible. Uh, but yeah, check out the song. I don't know the name of it offhand, but uh, I think he sounds really good. And I've been very critical of all the new music he's been releasing. I, I think you didn't like most of it either, but even some of it you liked, you know, me being the Dave Sucker I am, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, but this I, one dude, I hated all the, all these Van Halen covers he was putting out. Oh, I wouldn't listen to those. I yeah, to you know what? Those. I stopped. I stopped. I listened to like two of them. And then when he released another one, I was like, I can't do this no more. Enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, th this one's actually good. I can't. You know, think of the name, but it sounds like an old like '60s song. But he, right. he sings v very well on it, very well. I'll check it out. All right, let's see what else we got coming up here. Um, Chuck Billy says hopes to get a new Testament album recorded before the end of 2023. I'd be down for that. I've been liking the New Testament albums. I know you're kind of am. Uh, you know, fu funny think, enough. Funny enough. My pick of the week this week is going to be Justin. Oh, wow. Yeah, something I was listening to earlier. Very Man, underrated just, Testament album. Stick around and find out which one it is. I listened to uh, two Testament albums today while I cut the grass. I listened to New Order and Low. And love them both. God damn it. Right on. Will it be one of those two? Stick around and find out. All right, next story. Now, this one kind of surprised me. But Metallica's 72 seasons only made it to number two on the Billboard album chart. Yeah, I saw that. Only to yeah. number two. Number two is pretty good in this day and age. But, no, yeah, they, they've, had, they've had number one since the Black Album, I know. Yeah. Uh, but what's funny is Megadeth's only, like, almost number one album countdown was held off the charts for, by uh billy ray cyrus and metallica was held off by morgan wallen see I, uh, you know that, that shows you i don't i don't know what the fuck's going on i'm not into pop culture who the fuck is this guy he's a country artist oh okay so, yeah is so he like is he like that country that sounds like def leppard or is he like old school country like garth no, brooks yeah, no, he's he's Def Leppard country, and he got like in a he got in a lot of shit uh, about a year or two ago. He got caught uh, calling somebody a nigger, and uh, and uh, you know got canceled. It was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live, and they canceled it, and all this shit. And some radio station stopped playing his music, which of course in the country music scene only made him bigger. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, he's one of us. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, but I, I was really surprised, man, that, that it wasn't a number one. But, uh, I mean, charts mean shit nowadays anyway. You know, it's what, what gets you a number two right now would would have you in the top 50 30 years ago. You know, it's just the yeah. nature of the beast. And 30 years ago, this Metallica album would have been number one. Yep. It would have sold millions in the first week. 
All right. Well, next story. Uh, two members of Accept uh, had to bow out of shows in South America due to food poisoning. <laughs> Guitarist uh, Philip South and our friend Christopher Williams. Uh, yeah, and Philip, Philip's my buddy. He's always on my channel, so I, I wrote him. Oh, is, oh, Phil's the other guy that you had on? I thought you had the bass player on. No, it was Phil, man. Phil oh, okay. Is, and I've had him on ever since talking about Beatles albums. He's a... Uh, oh, okay. One guy left a comment saying, dude, I am a number one Beatles hysteria uh, historian. And Phil yeah. puts me to shame. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much this dude loves the Beatles. He's an awesome dude, so... Yeah, I read that shit on Blabbermouth. They named him. They didn't name anybody else. And I wrote him. And he wrote me back, man. He told me he's all right. Thanks, you know, for the writing and shit. Because I was like, whoa, dude, what happened? Are you okay? You know? He had food poisoning and stuff. Yeah, well, I guess it struck him first. And then it struck uh, Christopher Williams. Oh, there you go. All right, next story. Jolyn Turner says Richie Blackmore wasn't playing well during Rainbow's latest concerts. Said there was no fire. And uh, did you see any of those concerts she did a couple years ago with Ronnie Romano or whatever his name is? No, I didn't. And you know what? It's on Blu-ray, but it's so expensive I didn't buy it. No, I never saw it. I saw like bootleg footage, but that doesn't, you know. You know, audience footage, but I haven't seen like the pro right. show. I gotta look back into that, man. See if they've lowered the price on that. Cause that guy's a good singer. I dig his voice. He's not bad. I saw some clips of it, um, but it was just so different. You know, it kind of took me out of it. Uh, but I didn't really focus on Blackmore's playing, and it kind of—I mean, what I remember sounded so like. Uh, you know, you hear all the other instruments more. I really couldn't single in on on Richie. But, uh, boy, kind of a, you know, a shitty thing for Joe uh, to say, you know, because every other article, all he's doing is trying to get back with Richie Blackmore. Well, that, that ain't the way you fucking do it. <laughs> you know, you should say he sounded great. He just needs to be singing. Which is really probably what, how he feels anyway. Yeah. Uh, Next story. Condolences go out to Frankie Bello and Charlie Benente. Uh, uh, Frankie's mother passed away, who is Charlie's older sister. Oh, yeah. That's sad. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. And, uh, Frankie's always talked about, you know, what a, you know, a hard life that that family had growing up and stuff and uh, how important you know his mother was and and charlie said this i believe charlie's father left you know and they had a very large italian family and his sisters pretty much you know raised them and everything so condolences to them yeah sad to hear that and sammy's still alive yeah that that's the really horrible thing mm. they're without a mother and a sister and uh. agar's still showing up on blabbermouth well, and positive uh, news, Shifty's still alive. Yes, and he's making a new solo album with Marvelous Marvin Hagler. <laughs> yeah, it's called Shell Shock, yo. <laughs> oh, God. Well, somebody whose mother is still alive is Trey Ardenzorgenworth from Morbid Angel. And his yeah. mom took to social media to say he was just dehydrated and suffering from a back injury. He went drunk, not my boy. 
<laughs> That's very funny because he's almost fucking 60, so I wonder how old his mom is, but she's on social media defending her baby. Yeah. Morbid Angel are a bunch of nice guys. <laughs> Morbid Angel uh, rules. They rule the whole death metal genre, in my opinion. Yeah. Number one, numero uno death metal band for me. From Blessed to, oh my God, from Alter the Madness to Covenant. Oh my God, four slamming albums. Thank you. Three slamming albums. All right. I'll, I'll have to go check it out. All right. Well, that's about, oh, one more thing I wanted to say. Some great fucking news for uh, horror movie fans of the Gaties who like their, uh, their metal horror. Finally, a 4K and Blu-ray release of 1986's Trick or Treat is going to come out later this year from Synapse. And I am so excited. I love that fucking movie. I love the soundtrack. Um, very important movie to me. I watch it every single Halloween. I have since it was released. And there hasn't been a good, you know copy out well really since the vhs days there was a couple of shitty dvds in the 90s that i i have and goes for like hundreds of dollars now because it's out of print uh, a german company put out a blu-ray but it was if you watch it in with the english the audio track was fucking horrendous so i'm glad to see it getting in the you know the 4k treatment and you know it comes with a blu-ray that's upscaled and everything too so I'm so excited about that. Uh, yeah, I love, I love the movie. I, I own a Sammy Kerr shirt. I have the soundtrack since the movie came out. I love the movie. But I will say one thing I don't like about the movie. I don't what? like Ragman. I don't like Ragman. I just don't like him. I don't like Skippy from Family Ties. Bad casting. They should have got like Robert Downey Jr. because back then he was all fucked up on drugs. Get him to star in the movie. Not this Skippy motherfucker. Where is he now? What has he done? Well, you're going to find out on the special features. Yeah, exactly. I know he, I know he was doing stand-up comedy in the mid-90s. Uh, I don't think that panned out too well. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we find out. There's supposed to be... Uh, I saw there's a guy working on like a feature-length documentary that's going to be part of the, the package. So... Uh, should find some interesting shit out in there. There's and a lot of footage. There's a lot of trick-or-treat footage that I have that was released to, you know, like entertainment shows at the time that I recorded all on VHS. There's a lot right. of behind the scenes. There's a lot of, you know, the, the, the cast being interviewed on the set. A lot of that footage, I have like, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes worth. And that's just what I caught on little TV shows. Imagine what yeah. they have in the vaults. That would be a crying shame if they don't add like a special feature of a making of. Because they have all that footage of that movie. What if you yeah. see the people like holding on to the, you know, that big monster that comes in the car. I mean, You're they right. show the people like it's a puppeteer thing with the people fucking around with the monster with sticks and shit. So uh, that would be great to add to that, you know, because mine is well, all fucked up and old 80s VHS tapes now, you know? Right. For those, uh, you know, who are into movies and the boutique labels and stuff like that, Synapse, uh, they are a smaller label, but when they put them out, they usually do, like, amazing jobs. Really good transfers and, uh, you know, lots of great 
bonus features and shit. There's no official release date yet, but they're saying it's still in production and they're hoping to get it out by the end of the year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get online. I'm gonna write that company. I'm gonna throw them an idea. I say, hey man, can you guys for the special features superimpose Robert Downey Jr. over Skippy? <laughs> well, um, as a matter of fact, I was watching uh, a video on YouTube with the guy who's doing the special features, and he did say that if anybody has any footage, you know, or any like memory, any, something that they can add to the special features to contact them, and they will send you a free copy and everything. So, well, shit, I have a bunch of stuff. I okay, think mine's well, up on. I think mine's up on my uh, one of my YouTube channels where I just put up stuff from my old VHSs. I think it's up on there. Well, shit. Maybe if you like send this guy a link. Yeah, I'll look into free, it. Free deluxe copy. Yeah, because I, I I do love the movie regardless of Skippy, yeah. but I, yeah. I do love the movie. I even like Skippy's nerdy friend. Yeah. Oh, I love the nerdy friend. He's hilarious. Yeah, he was funny. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and for those who don't know, both Blackie Lawless and Gene Simmons were considered for the Sammy Hagar part, and both of them turned it down. Sammy Hagar? Gene? I mean, Sammy Hagar, uh, for Sammy, Sammy Kerr. <laughs> yeah. the, the, Sammy Hagar is the real monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Blackie uh, was, uh, Blackie was, he, he said it in the question and answer, and I was at. He got the script for Trick or Treat. He thought it was horrible. Insulted. Yeah. You give me this crap. I ain't doing this crap. And then he saw it's, it in the theater and he loved it. He's like, that's not the script they gave me. They totally right. turned the script around and he ended up loving the movie. He said, shit, I would have done that. Yeah. And who in the fuck is he? Oh, this script is bad. Let me write something. Uh, the Crimson Idol. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Wait. That's why Jesus gave him a bad back for playing fucking Animal again. Yeah, that's fucked up. Uh, we we talked Gene, about that in past news. Yeah, and Gene said that uh, he didn't want to be typecast because he had just played two villains, playing the villain and run away, and the villain and wanted dead or alive. I mean, what the fuck is he gonna get the romantic lead? The well, they, yeah, he, he was also a villain in that transsexual movie he did with Stargrove. Yeah, well, that was afterwards. Stargrove. <laughs> Run away, <laughs> Ramsey! Give me the yeah. temp, Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, fucking movie uh, I thought Wanted Dead Alive was his best movie. I thought he was really good in that movie, and he was a convincing terrorist. I thought Gene really acted well in that. Yeah, he really knows. Movie. He really knows how to play a Jew. Or, or no, no he, it, I think it was. It wasn't a Jew. It was, uh, yeah, or was it? Like an Iranian or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He was a Middle Eastern terrorist. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. Afraid that would hurt his acting career. Give me a fucking break. It's not like he's gonna be in a rom com with fucking Julia Roberts. Uh, all did, right. Did well, you hear? Did you hear? One time, Gene Simmons said, "This is the truth, dude. I shit you not." Gene Simmons said once in an interview that he declined to play the villain in a James Bond movie because he didn't want to be typecasted. So you play a villain in all these other crappy movies, but you won't do it yeah. in a James Bond movie? Yeah. Give me a break. He wasn't offered no fucking role in James Bond. No way. <laughs> they saw him They saw him act in Runaway and said, are you fucking crazy? No way we'll hire this idiot. 
Yeah, you know what it was is he probably said, "Yeah, I'll do it as long as Kiss can do the the theme song." And they're like, "Oh no, nah, yeah. <laughs> no, we want Duran Duran." Nah, Gene Gene at that time wouldn't have said Kiss. He would have said Keel or Black and Blue, the yeah. band he was producing, so he can make all the money. Perhaps if House of Lords can do the theme song, yeah. <laughs> they're on Simmons Records. <laughs> Simmons uh, Records. Sign with Simon Record and guarantee to have a failed career. Oh, I remember because I remember I bought it just because it was Gene Simmons Record label. I bought that House of Lords. Oh, you and, did? Uh, yeah. And uh, oh, logo was like uh, it was a money bag, as you know, for <laughs> Simmons and, and like dollars going through. It. The logo should have been a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Douchebag records. How, That's how, how, start how bad? Douchebag records. How bad is that House of Lords album? Oh man, I liked the, the one song that was the single, and the rest of it was horrible. Wow. And even even the, even the song that I liked, you would hate. Right. But, no, I uh, mean I remember seeing a video. I, I don't remember the song or anything, but I remember uh, watching the video back in the day. That was with Greg Jafria, right? Wasn't Greg Jafria right. one? And yeah, now, Greg, and you know, Greg Jafria is a multi-billionaire now. Do you know about this? Yeah. Yes, I did. That's, like, that's why he's he, not doing those angel reunions. He doesn't need the yeah, money. Exactly. He makes, I believe it's two pennies off every sound effect a slot machine does. Like yeah. millions of casinos. Like yeah. he makes two pennies every time it makes a noise. Crazy, Good huh? Good Lord. Could you imagine <laughs> good, good House of Lords. Yeah, yeah, it, um, yeah. It's, it is. Uh, it's good to be Greg Jafria and Adam Curry, the guy that was on yeah. Baron Paul. He and yep. he he accidentally invented the podcast. Yeah, and he'd be ashamed to know what we've done with it. <laughs> yeah, if you heard us, he'd be very ashamed. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to us. Listen to Freeform Rock Podcast. Yeah. No, then then he'll then he'll kill himself. No, don't don't say that. You saw Mark left a comment. He said we have to say something nice about his podcast. Uh, I have a lot of nice things to say about his podcast. I just can't think of any of them now. <laughs> I, well, I got, he, doesn't, he doesn't give up. All right, yeah. Mark will not give up. So I, I applaud got, him for that. I got two nice things to say about that show. Jerry and Charles. <laughs> get Mark's wife on there. Yeah. yeah. Get get your wife on there, Mark, and there'll be three nice things to say. Yeah, Mark Mark's wife was actually really cool and funny. And real. I mean that, that's what blew my mind. She was really there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't what was that guy's name? Bob whatever that made up a girlfriend. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it wasn't like, oh, she's from Canada. You wouldn't know her. No, this girl's real. Why? Why nice not part? What's the name of that guy that faked the girlfriend? Bob, Bob Reed. Bob Reed. Yeah. So I'm Mark did. Mark. All this time we thought Mark was pulling a Bob Reed. You know, I still every once in a while I call Bob Reed, and he won't return a message. He won't return a call. Poor guy, man. All right. So, you know, it's kind of lame, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, he was such a cool dude. Who cares? 
I yeah, really don't I, care. I really yeah, don't, I don't care. care. A lot of people I online met, made a big deal out of it, and I thought it was kind of lame. He was a good dude. Yeah, I met Bob in real life, man, and hung out with him, man. We had a blast, you know? Did you Did you meet his girlfriend? <laughs> Fuck no, she didn't exist. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> he, told, he told me she wanted to come, but something came up. I, I forget what it was. But I didn't care. We had a great time, and... You know what? I know it's an embarrassing situation, uh, you know, but and I probably would have made more fun of, out of it if the guy was a total douche. But he was cool, man. Nice guy. Yeah, you know? no, I, and online, me and him were buddies, man. He was a cool dude. And then when his whole shit broke loose, I kind of got mad at people like fucking with him. It was like, yeah, come and- on, dude. I mean, yeah, whatever. It's weird. But come on, I mean, the guy's embarrassed yeah. enough, and it doesn't, to me, it doesn't even matter. You know, it's all right, dude. Yeah. You want us to think you had a hot girlfriend, whatever. It doesn't offend me. It's your thing, yeah. dude, whatever. And you know, you remember back then when she was around, I constantly yeah. wanted to fuck her? Yeah. Remember that? Well, you know what I think? What I, I think she was real. I think, and this is just my opinion, I don't know. I think she was real, but, uh, they broke up, and he just didn't let it go. Oh, there you go. Because he sent me some pictures now, <laughs> you know? And uh, so I, I think there was something there. I just think it didn't last, and he couldn't let it go. And maybe he was hoping it was going to come back, and, you know. And who wouldn't want to show off a girlfriend that looked like that, you know? So... No, I was but constantly, I, I was constantly saying we we need to have sex, a threesome with Bob and all that shit. <laughs> Little that I know is talking to him. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and look at that, dude. That I should be even more upset than all these people that are upset for no reason. I'm not even upset by that. I don't care, man. Whatever. So yeah. I got fooled, and I was talking to some dude that was acting like a chick. Whatever. And uh, you know, Bob, if you're listening, man, give me a call, man. Even yeah, if you don't want me to talk, yeah, even on. if you don't want us to talk about it on the show or anything, just hey, let us know you're alive and you're breathing and shit. You know? Yeah, call call Ian and we won't discuss it on the show that you call him. So give him a call. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, let's go into the album we're reviewing this week, and that is the third studio album from the band Free. Uh, is it their last known- one? No, no, they did, I believe, three others after this. Three others and a live album. Wow. Yeah. Uh, most people know this band because of a song that's on this album, All Right Now. And they also know this band because uh, Simon Kirk and Paul Rogers from Bad Company. This was their band before Bad Company. Uh, and when I got with Chris to see what album did you want... Uh, he said this one, I was like, hey, that's, you know, hey, fuck, at least it's a rock and roll album. And I got to admit, I'd never heard this album. I knew, of course, I knew All Right Now. Um, and I knew the opening track that uh, uh, Paul and Ace did that horrible cover of. Uh, I knew that was on this album. But other than that, I didn't know it. I was a very casual uh Bad Company fan. I like some songs, but Bad Company was probably one of the first bands that I got burned out on. I think even while I was still a teenager, 
You just heard it so much on Classic Rock Radio. And I know a shitload of people, man, everybody loves to suck the dick of Paul Rogers. And I do admit he's a very good singer, uh, technically, amazing singer. But there's just something about him that kind of gets to me. And I think it's just the burnout factor. It's just that anytime I hear his voice, no matter if it's, you know, you know, free, bad company, uh, you know, him with Queen or uh, the firm, whatever, you know, it's just like uh, Paul Rogers' voice. You know, there's just a burnout factor, but he is a great singer. So I was kind of looking forward to this. I was like, you know what? I might discover a real gem here. I mean, I love 70s fucking rock. Um, and all right now, yeah, there's a horrible burnout factor. That's, you know, one of the greatest songs of all time. I don't think that's even debatable. Um, you know, so I was interested to do this, but yeah, I'd never heard this album before. Had you, Ralph? No, no, I've never heard Free before. All I know is uh, All Right Now and that song because of Gene and Ace. I mean, Ace and yeah. Pete Paul. Um, yeah. No, and I've never really been a big, big bad company guy. Now, I did buy, I really loved that song when I was a little kid, um, Rock and Roll Fantasy. Yeah. I loved, I loved it. Good songs. Good songs. Yeah. And I bought that album, Desolation Boulevard, or I mean, whatever, Desolation Angels, I think it's called. Yeah. And it was the only song I liked off there. It was an album, I still own it, but it's never something I never revisit. Now, yeah. I believe it might have been Chuck Charles. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. He, he made me do a track by track with uh, the first Bad Company. And holy shit, that album's awesome. Now, yes. I've never owned that album, but I'm listening to this album and all these songs are radio staples. They're just, right. and then some that aren't on the radio are awesome. Great first album, man. I've been meaning to buy that. I will buy it eventually. I need that in my collection. I think that first album is really good. The subsequent albums were okay, but they weren't as solid. But they had some right. good songs like Shooting Star and stuff like that. Uh, but that first album, holy crap, that's a great, great first album that you know i've never really been a bad company guy or you know i do realize uh paul rogers has an awesome voice i mean i think paul rogers man if he had like the fucking songs like yes i know a lot of you think oh he does have a song now nah, i'm talking about songs that he's got that voice that he can make like you know a stairway to heaven type song where everybody would fucking take notice like songs like you know just catchy great rock staples uh he had the voice for it man but you know i mean that first album is really good though and that's it i'm done rambling ian well uh one thing i gotta say i was taken aback by when i was doing some research on these guys is at the time this album came out paul rogers was just 21 years old wow and um the main writing partnership in Free was him and the bass player. Um, I believe his name's Andy Frazier. Yeah. Uh, Andy Frazier was 17 when wow. this came out. Yeah. So at 21 and 17, these two wrote All Right Now. And they, and they, had, three, and they had three albums before this, huh? Uh, this is their third. Yeah, they had two albums before this. Wow. Yeah, so it's just kind of like, 
holy shit. You know, and I kind of tried to keep that in mind when I'm listening to these songs. Like, these are written by kids. You know, like, god damn. Um, but yeah, I had never heard this before. Was excited to hear it. And let's see if, uh, you know, I really dug it or I didn't. So I'll go ahead. I'll take the first one. The opening track, Fire and Water. Um, look at my notes here. It's okay, but not stellar English blues. Um, and English blues is my favorite. I know you're not a blues guy, Ralph. Uh, my favorite type of blues is English blues. Uh, but I much prefer what, like Fleetwood Mac, Savoy Brown. Uh, that's the guy everybody played with. Uh, God damn it. A uh, guy that Jimmy Page played with and Eric Clay, uh, uh, John Mayall. You know, shit like that. I definitely, I'm feeling that more. Even, even shit like Foghat. I feel more than this or, or, you know, like Bad Company. I don't know. This song is just all right. Uh, not horrible, but man, I went back. I was like, let me watch that uh, Paul and Ace video again. Holy shit, is that cringy? Uh, <laughs> I got, just watched it like like the the acting. Oh, Stanley, <laughs> you know, Ace Fraley. Hey, buddy, you still think we got it? Yeah, we got it. You, you know, those, and those those oh, close ups of Paul. Oh God, Paul's acting and, and mannerisms and stuff. Oh, it was so good. I, I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about free, but I, I can't help it. After watching that video, I'm just like, God, and I don't think Paul sings bad. I think he actually sings good. But God, when they put the camera on him, you know, oh, it's just so fucking cringy. I started laughing thinking about your review of uh, that new bootleg and you were playing those uh, <laughs> those little clips of Paul's stage rats. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh my god, it's like oh he is like the worst front man. Yeah, no, I, I keep saying it. You you know how many tards out there think he's the greatest? Yeah. It's like, well, are you not paying attention or are you just a fan of cringe? You know, he's still my favorite member of KISS, and I still love his songs the most and all this shit. But yeah, when it comes to like him trying to be David Lee Roth. And, and that really started happening. I mean, he did it to a small extent in the 70s, but at the 80s, he really wanted to be David Lee Roth so fucking bad. And it was so cringy. But seeing him do it now at like fucking, you know, 60-something years old, it's even cringier. You know, and it got me thinking, you know, uh, what's her name uh, from Jefferson Airplane? Uh, Gray Slick? Yeah, Gray Slick. You know, she retired in her 40s, and she just said, you know, peop rock and roll is for the young. She's like, old yeah. people look really stupid out there trying to be young and, and singing this stuff. It doesn't work. It's not authentic, and it's just kind of creepy. And I always thought, like, oh, no, nah, man, there's still some people who still do it. But, man, after seeing that, I was like, maybe she's right. <laughs> well, she, is, she is. As you know, there's exceptions to every rule, like cheap trick. You know, stuff like that. Right. But for the most part, she's, she is correct, man. All these bands, <laughs> dude, all these bands that are out there under these names of bands I saw in the 80s, it's like, you're not seeing that band I saw, you know? You're right. You're seeing a cover band, you know, whatever. 
but uh, but yeah, getting back to the song, uh, I, I thought it was just all right. Nothing special. What do you think? Well, I love it. And I love the eighth version too. I, yeah, the video is cringy though. Uh, yeah. I will say before when I tell you how I feel about the free version, I got a funny story relating this song with the uh, with the name with the band Badlands. Remember Badlands? Yeah. Yep. Jakey Lee, Ray Gillen. Oh they yeah, I know awesome. the story. Yeah, I think so I know on what the, gonna say. Yeah, on the second album, uh, one of their managers said, "Look, you or somebody told them you need to to cover Fire and Water from Free," and they yeah. said, "Okay," but he said it wrong, or maybe he heard it wrong, and they recorded Fire and Rain by James Taylor. <laughs> it did an amazing <laughs> job though on it. Oh man, that dude, that version of oh forget. James who? Really, dude. The way yeah. Greg Gillen sings that fucking Fire and Rain, my God. But I would have loved to hear them do this. I think that they would have done an awesome version of this. The free yeah. version, I never heard before today. It's better than the Ace version. It's I think this is the best version of the song. I think it's a great song. I dig it, man. All right, right what's on. the next one? Oh, I Wept? Oh, yes, now this one was written... Uh, with Paul Rogers and the guitar player Paul Katzoff. There's only two songs that aren't written on here by Rogers and, and Andy. But uh, yeah, what do you think of this one? Yeah, it's chill, it's mellow, it's too soon in the album, and yeah, I didn't hate it, but it was like whatever to me. That's what I thought. Um, uh, this one, I, I really dug this one. I love the melancholy and, like, sexy sadness of the guitar on this one. Uh, and it makes sense that this one's written with the guitar player, who he passed away at 25. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, and he was like, Paul Kassoff was his, was his name. And a lot of players back around then looked up to this guy and thought he was going to be, like, the next big thing. But he had a lot of drug and alcohol problems. And he actually died on he uh, died on an airplane, going from like New York to L.A. or some shit, at 25. You know, that's and, and, what, and how, how ironic. Then Randy Rhodes at 25 died in an airplane as well. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he passed away on an airplane, but it wasn't like an OD. It was just like his health had gotten so bad, from, you know, from how he was abusing it with pills. I think he was bad in the pills and shit. And he had some kind of like blood clot or some some weird shit like that. You know, it wasn't like you know too much heroin or anything. But I mean, it was definitely you know his death was exasperated by his, his drug and alcohol. He was fuck it, twenty five. Uh, yeah, I think that's got that's got to be some heavy duty drug use to die that yeah. young. You know. Yeah. And uh, man, look at these people that pass away that early, and I'm like. What pussies? I was doing a lot of shit at that age, and I'm still here, <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know, man. I think this, what this dude was doing was heavy-duty shit, man, whatever it was. I guess so. Handle, handle you know, your I mean, shit, man. Yeah, your your body your body at 25 can fight off a lot of shit, dude. It yeah. really can, you know? But, you know, I mean, when you get older, you can understand I'm dying of drugs. Yeah. At 25, right. you have to be doing an insane amount of drugs. Yeah, yeah, pretty fucked up. And, and like I said, for it not even to be an OD, 
but yeah, <laughs> but but just your body's so beat down. Crazy. But anyway, yeah, no, I re- I really like this song. This one stuck out to me. I'll yeah. take the next one. Remember, uh, not terrible, but the kind of song you forget uh, two minutes after it's done. Uh, you know, and, and I think you might hear that repeated a lot on this. There's just some stuff that doesn't stick out, and I I don't know why I don't like this more than I do. And I listened to it like two or three times to see if maybe I wasn't in the right mood the first time. But I don't know. I just don't. There's something about a lot of this that I just don't find stand out or memorable. And this definitely remember. I don't remember. How about you? Yeah, it's like it's okay. You know, mid tempo mellow track. But it's like, man, a mellow track after a mellow track. I just thought it was okay. And then we we follow it up with another mellow track called Heavy Load. And I like this one more than Remember. Uh, That's about all I can say about it. It's okay. It's not bad. Well, we're we're exactly in agreement there. I put slightly better than the last track, uh, saved by a really good guitar solo. I did love the guitar solo on this. And I, I need to check out this guy. Um, they did after this. They did two more studio albums and a live album. And then Andy Frazier left the band. They got some Japanese guy to replace him. And Paul Kassoff, I think, appears on a couple of songs, and that's it. Uh, they had somebody else fill in because uh, he was so fucked up on drugs. But he did do a couple of solo records before he passed away. And I'd like to check those out because I, I do think he has some taste, you know, a tasty sound to him. Right. But just the songs, I'm a little. Yeah. But considering he didn't write the songs, I'd be interested to see. Well, well, what did he do on his own? You know. But uh, yeah, we'll flip it over there. And it, I, this is what I love, though. This is something I knew I would love about this. Is I knew it was a '70s album. It, this is 35 minutes and 33 seconds. Perfect, Perfect time. Perfect time for an album. Perfect. I'm so sick of these fucking 70-minute fucking albums we're reviewing. Um, yeah. Man, we flip this over, and the opening track is Mr. Big. This is uh, this one was written by everybody in the band. And uh, let's see, what did I put on this? Uh, again, just okay. Nothing grabbing me in this song. It's all right, but... Again, this is another one I, I couldn't even tell you. I listened to this album three times, and I can't even hum you how this song goes. What do you think? Uh, I like this one, Mr. Big. I like the bass work. The dude doing whatever that... that The bass player in this band is doing this really weird thing in this song. Yeah, at 17 I, years old. <laughs> wow, at 17 years old, no less. Yeah. So, man, I wonder if he was on the first two albums, too, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, he he was he was on every album except their last one. So he was like sixteen and fifteen on those other albums. But I, I anyway, so. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good song. I actually, it's one of my favorites on here. I actually did like this one. Um, the next one, "Don't Say You Love Me," uh, this is a very chill album, isn't it? This one kind of like lost me again. Uh, but. What I did like about this song, though, was the the sound of Paul Rogers' voice because it's very soulful. It's very soulful in general, but on this song, you know, he lays he lays on the soulful voice thick. 
But the song itself is kind of like whatever to me. But I love his voice on it. That's what I think. Yeah. Oh, God. A boring, unemotional ballad. Does nothing for me. Um, but yeah, you brought up a great... I mean, he does have the voice for ballads. You know, God, he can fucking sing them. But this one just sounds like... Eh, and it kind of makes sense, though, if you look at it. He's 21 years old. What the fuck do you really know about love? You know, or heartbreak? You know? You don't. But you, you can just imitate what you've heard from other people. You know, you, you know other ballads that you've heard. But I, I think, you know, when a ballad really hits you, you can tell that it was felt and that it was meant. I, I don't know. To me, I can always tell the ones that were written specifically because you want a slow song and you can tell the ones that were written because somebody went through some shit. And this was just written because this is what blues guys do. They sad over the woman and they write a song about it and I ain't fucking buying it. But yeah, you're right. He does sound good. You there, Ralph? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I will take the last song, uh, The Incredible, The Immortal, All Right Now. Um, this is a song that I never need to hear again. And again, was one of the first songs I think I got burned out on. Uh, I remember being 15 and there was a kid that lived in the town I did. And we lived like, I lived in a town that was like a, a country town, you know, it was like a small little town, not far from the city though. But he was a year older and he got his driver's license. He was kind of a rich kid, had a convertible. And like, holy shit, you got a license. We, and we just drove out in the country. And it was so cool just to be a kid in the car. And he kept cranking this song and Bad to the Bone over and over again. Just these two songs. And I was so sick of it. But when it comes down to it, I mean, this is just pure and simple. One of the greatest rock songs I love just the simplicity of it. That riff and that voice is all you need. And it's 1000% below the belt. You know, it's just a fucking fuck me song. And I love the little ad libs that fucking Paul Rogers does. It's kind of like, you know, like, you know, shit that David Lee Roth would make famous. You know, just a little shit in the background, the little nuances just fucking sells the song. And that goddamn breakdown in the song. Holy shit, is that classic. And then when it kicks back in, uh, man, that's, it's just a perfect fucking song. What do you think? All right now, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's uh, definitely a staple. It's something everybody that, like, that knows good music knows that song. Anybody that explores rock and does not just listen to uh, Bulldog. Is that one of the new artists now? Bulldog? Or was it Pitbull? I forget. Whatever. Uh, it's something that everybody would know, you know. So it's it's amazing. It's an amazing song. Uh, you know, it's not something that I heard and I go, oh, I need to own this. Because I, obviously I didn't buy the free album and I didn't buy the song. But I dug it, you know. I thought I, I just think it's a great song and... It's not something that's in my iPod shuffle and 
You know, it's kind of like embedded in my brain where I don't really need to listen to it regularly. But I love the song. Right. It is. It's a great, great song. I dig it. Oh, and, and then you asked me earlier if this was their only hit song. Yeah. This is the only one I know. But on that last album, they had a song called Wishing Well, which apparently was a hit, too. But I've never heard it. But this, the song's been covered by, like... I think 12 different artists of like oh my god I, I i know that song and i hate that song it was covered by gary moore and blackfoot and i'm not a fan of that song i never i never heard the free version so i can't judge that one but i don't like that song wishing well so yeah i didn't realize i i always thought it was an old blues artist song but i didn't realize free wrote it huh yeah and and this was so weird too is uh Let's see who all did it. Yeah, Blackfoot, Sherry Curry, Gary Moore, Sabotage. It's on Fight for Rock. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's, and that's terrible, too. And I hate that album. That's a really bad Sabotage album that the record company forced them to write a shitty right. album. And that's on there, too. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, horrible. Uh, Sticks did a cover of it. Uh, Never heard that one. Yeah, well, yeah, it was on one of the later Six albums. Uh, uh, Joe Bonamassa did a cover of it. Uh, this guy, Axel Rudy P Pell. Yeah, he's uh, a guitar player, one of the guitar shredders. Yeah, he did a cover of it. And when I, you know, when I was looking it up, I saw like all these people covered. I'm like, wow, this must be an amazing song. I listened to it. I was like, Ugh. Uh, <laughs> oh, you heard the free version. Yeah, I well, because I checked it out when I was doing some history on free, and I was like, hmm, I, I don't know their other hit, you know? Well, and, uh, the, the, trust me, the covers ain't no much, much better. <laughs> yeah, you can't polish a turd. I don't understand why it's so popular. It's not a good song. I mean, yeah. uh, again, I didn't hear the free version, but I'm just saying all these covers I've heard of that song were all yeah. poor. And I'm talking like... Dude, Strikes is an awesome Blackfoot album. That's on there. And the best Gary Moore album, um, Corridors of Power, it's on there too. It's like, and it's just like the bum track on that album. Yeah, weird. You would think like All Right Now would be the one everybody can cover, but. Yeah, weird. Oh, it well, is strange. Oh, oh, well, well, that's our uh, review of Freeze Fire and Water, released June 26, 1970. Uh, produced by Free with some help from Roy Thomas Baker. Uh, another producer I'm kind of, uh, even though I yeah, do he, like his work, I like his work with cars. But, uh, yeah, he, he, he ruined Cheap Trick on one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> yeah, and he worked too much with Queen. Uh, that was the first, that was the first Cheap Trick bum album. I like three, I like the singles. I thought She's Tight and If You Want My Love's Good and Looking Out yeah. for Number One, but the rest of that album's so people people call it the the heavy metal cheap trick album. I don't hear it myself, man. I think oh. it's a piss poor album. After all shook up, it's terrible. And I don't even like she's tight. Oh, I love that song, but I, I love it if you want my love. All right, well, yeah, that's our review, and uh, yeah, I, I gotta say I was a little disappointed. I expected to like it more than I did, but. Trust me, we've definitely had worse albums. Oh than, yeah, than no, no. this pick. was, yeah, this is not an album I sat through and said "fuck," not right. once. 
I was like, yeah, right. I'm not too crazy about it, but I didn't hate it. Right. All right. Well, uh, you know what time it is, Ralph. Yeah. Even though I know what I want, I'm going to leave it for last anyway. The Testament album, remember? Yeah, that's uh, right. So it's the only time of the, uh, any time that you can say <laughs> Ian before Ralph. Pick of the week. Right. Well, with my pick of the week, I'm going to stay with some English blues, uh, but one I think is far superior. And I'm going with the first Fleetwood Mac album known as Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac or Fleet, just Fleetwood Mac, depending on where you bought it. Uh, incredible English blues. Nothing like, you know, what most people know with the Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks era of Fleetwood Mac. And Peter Green, I mean, well, I mean, Jeremy Spencer's no slouch either on that album, but it's all about Peter Green. And in fact, I just saw a video on uh, YouTube today. Somebody was interviewing angry Ian Anderson, and he was talking about Peter Green and saying how he always thought he was far superior uh, to Clapton and thought he was the greatest English, you know, blues player back then. And I got to agree. And I mean, just listen to that out any of the Fleetwood Mac with Peter Green and you can kind of see I didn't notice it too much though. I, I went back after I listened to this I listened to a lot of Peter Green uh, Fleetwood Mac and you can kind of see where Gilmore got his style because it's very similar to Gilmore because you know he's not a shredder it's not what he plays but it's what he doesn't play and the time he gives and it is phasing and everything. And it's just like, oh my God. It's it's so good, so good. So if you like uh, Old English Blues, man, check out Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. And if you're gonna pick a song, Ralph, uh, to play underneath it, pick uh, I Loved Another Woman. Just amazing right. guitar work. That is my pick of the week. Yeah, I'm not too aware of them, but uh, the very first band I ever saw in my life was the Rockets. They opened for uh, they opened for Cheap Trick, my very first concert. The Rockets yeah. were on, the Rockets were on RSO Records. Remember that that label, the disco la label? Yeah, it had Sa the pig Night Fever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did an awesome version of Oh Well. I oh, fucking yeah? love it. Yeah, amazing, oh, yeah. amazing. Right? And, and plus, a lot of people know Green Mile Leachy. But, um, yeah, I don't really know much about the Peter Green stuff, but uh, I do remember listening to O.L. And, 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 yeah, maybe it's timeline. I did like the Rockets version more. Uh, it's just a rocking version, man. It's fucking awesome. But, uh, all right. Check it out. My pick of the week is Testament, the band I always goof on. Most overrated thrash band. Safe thrash, I call them. But this <laughs> album is not, is not safe at all. This is probably the most fucking crazy testament's ever been i mean the gathering comes close the gathering is pretty much like it as well where it's kind of sporadic but i'm going with low that i, album love it. I, heard, I heard today that song ride holy mm -hmm. shit dog face gods yeah uh, the the title track that's a badass album with james murphy I think oh, Gene, yeah. Hoagland, Gene Hoagland was on that one, I think. No, uh, John Tempesta played drums on that. Oh, okay, uh, John Tempesta. And uh, it's it and, and it came out in the dark days. Like, it didn't do shit. Dark oh, no. days of metal, you know? It was like four. But it, it was awesome. And back then, I used to have Spanish MTV because 
uh, Headbangers Ball was gone by then, but Spanish MTV had Headbangers Ball, and they would show the low video uncensored, like, hey, you piece of shit. They would leave that in the video, like, whoa, cool. Uh, I love it. I love Low from Testament. I think it's an amazing album, and it's a band I don't praise much. But hey, when they make a good album, I'll say it. Man, and, and how weird is that? I just watched a video uh, ranking like um, second albums from thrash bands, and they were talking about New Order. I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to New Order. And then when that was done, I still had grass to cut. I was like, I'm putting on Low. And yeah. God damn, it, it's so good. And what I love about that, and even the song like Dog Face Gods, where, uh, you know, Chuck also does like death metal vocals. I mean, that guy, yeah. I think I think he has one of the best vo- uh, voices in thrash. But how versatile. I mean, he can sing and he can do that shit just as good. Yeah, I, I love, love that. I love his guttural vocals. They're fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Great. Chuck Billy is, like I said, even, even when he does death metal, it's kind of 3D. You know, you yeah. got like a 3D voice. Yeah, fucking awesome. Awesome, great pick. All yeah, right. I love well, that album. Everybody check out those two albums. And now it's time to go into our fan of the week, which is Chris Kaiser. And I got to say, I, I know the name, uh, but I don't know if it's just from the donation. He is not on our Facebook page. But he is friends with you, so I imagine he's somebody who's you know come to us through your, uh, you know, through your YouTube channel. Right. But uh, but uh, he was gracious enough to get back. He was one of the ones who like I had down. But hey, what album do you want? And uh, I sent him a message, and he wrote me back. And uh, you know, even though I think we were both kind of am eh with the album, uh, we definitely didn't hate it. And. It, it was something different. So I did enjoy reviewing the album. And I thank you so much, brother, for the donation and for being patient. Maybe he used to be on the Facebook page and left because we never did his episode. Probably. Well, I, no, he wrote you back. He's not pissed. Yeah. Well, because well, we're, we're friends, but he's not on the page. Right. But, uh, but uh, you know, because he contacted me. I know he's going to be looking for this episode and stuff. And he... You know, th- there's a lot of people that listen to this show that just don't deal with Facebook. And I get it, man. I'm so burned out on Facebook. It ain't fucking so I'm hardly on there anymore other than to fucking pimp the show and stuff. But, uh, man, I thank you, brother. And thank you for giving us a different choice. And, uh, you know, so- I mean, something different to listen to. And, uh, hey, we didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Now let's get done with the other ones. All right, well, if you enjoyed this one, come back next week when we have yet another. Boy, we're getting down there. We're getting down there. Every time we say that, though, we find out more. But we're still, no matter what, we're getting close. Yeah, we're, we're at the moment, as I see it, 12 more to go. Yeah. Yep. And I think realistically, out of those 12, I think we have maybe seven. Uh I did reach out to everybody that's on that I have on the list, and there's a lot of people who haven't gotten back to me, and a couple people I think aren't even on Facebook anymore, so I have no way of knowing. Um, so I, yeah, I think we're down to about maybe seven, but we'll see. Every I don't want to jinx us, <laughs> right? But come back next week to see what these crazy fans picked. 
right here on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I want to tell you that this is a legendary episode, Shifty. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Shifty, yeah. You better go check out Shifty as soon as this shit's done. Yeah, we got to get Shifty on the show. I want Shifty on the show with Jeff Beard. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>